Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to On The Line. It is Tuesday, May 30th, and this is our On The Line presented by Tracksmith episode. I'm Olivia Epine, joined as always with Corey Mall and Ashley Titians. On today's show, we're going to dive into the last big state championships of the season, including the California Interscholastic Federation Outdoor Championships. Before we dive into other states like Missouri, Kansas, Pennsylvania, and more. And then we'll talk about more of the state stars, running lane track championships, Kentucky State meet, and then we'll finish off with a very fire emoji Music City Track Carnival's top matchup. Tracksmith is an independent running brand inspired by the deep love of the sport. After years of crafting running apparel from best in class materials and timeless silhouettes, they have made their first foray into footwear. So inspired by running on soft, springy, and responsive natural surfaces, you can check out the new Elliott Runner today at tracksmith.com. As you can see, Ashley and I are repping our t-shirts today. I'm digging the maroon, and Ashley looks great as always. So, Ashley, just what are your thoughts on just the apparel from Tracksmith? You know, I feel like Tracksmith, very stylish, comfortable, but then also, you know, from, you know, the shirt, then to the shoes, you know, the shoes, you can use it for leisure wear. You can use it out on the run, you know. I think all in all, Tracksmith has come up with the great line of, you know, running apparel and stuff like that. And I know, Corey, we've had our shoes for the last few weeks now. So what are your thoughts on the new Elliott Runners? Yeah, I've been wearing them nonstop. I wore them at our event this weekend. I got a lot of comments about uh, the, the shoe itself, about, you know, I, I want to try that. Um, so I think they've been really great for me in, in, in a lot of different ways. And um, they're very stylish. Yes, very sure. stylish. And I love how Ashley just talked about the leisure part of it. I think it, it kind of it looks amazing i love how it's just like it feels like a leisure wear shoe but you can go out for a run at any moment and it's true to size and it definitely feels like you're just walking on a trampoline for sure yeah we rep tracksmith hard now uh great apparel good shoes um hopefully we'll see more of that stuff in the future but let's move on to the caf outdoor championships our first subject of the day and uh big mate the best one on the calendar a lot of great performances overall it was held in memorial statement it, Memorial Stadium in Clovis and let's start first with our thoughts and takeaways from this meet. Ashley, I'll go to you first. Yeah, you know, lots of thoughts here. CIF is always one of the, you know, most competitive state meets around and so, you know, you'll always see some of those big stars, you know, do what they usually do. Someone like Sadie Engelhart, Roderick Pleasant. Those people are always going to do really well at these meets, but 
I think it's also important to point out that a lot of stars, you know, can emerge from CIF. And I think I saw, I think we saw a few of those this past weekend. I want to give a shout out first to Ashlyn Boothby in the girls 1600, for example, the Scotts Valley junior going into States, her best for the 1600 was 449 and she had run 447 for the mile at Arcadia. But then on Saturday, she finishes second only to Sadie and she dropped a 439.45, so under 440 for the junior there. So I think CIF is a place for athletes like her to make names for themselves and be, you know, kind of show that they're ones to watch going into future future competition seasons. 100%. 439 is incredible. Uh, Olivia, what are your thoughts here? Yes, I agree with Ashley. I feel like the, the California State Championships really brings out the best in a lot of athletes and you know, as Ashley mentioned, she talked about Roderick Pleasant, and I even want to throw in Dijon Stanley into this mix. Like, we saw – these are football recruits. So, you know, we always talk about, like, Texas speed, Florida speed, and California definitely has that speed as well. So I was just impressed by how the football players were able to just continue to excel onto the track as well. But I think the biggest takeaways that I can take from these championships is be prepared for really big matchups. And I feel like, as I mentioned, Dijon Stanley – had to face Zy Ricks in that 400 meters, and we saw a huge finish from both of those gentlemen coming down the home stretch. Ashley talked about Sadie Englehart. She had a huge performance, which I will dive into a little bit later. But like just to see these kinds of athletes really get out there and execute really big races against literally the best in not just the state, but also in the nation, we're, we're really going to see some really great performances. I think individual success always drives sort of our – our audience, our interest in the sport, it drives people to the stadium to watch athletes. But uh, for me, it was the team title pursuit uh, at CF uh, this weekend that really may have been the story for me, the story of the meet. And you know, more on Deshaun Stanley, as Olivia said, he had a role in 34 uh, of 36 points of his team's uh, overall haul, which won them their first CAF outdoor title uh, in history. And that, that is significant in a lot of ways because they only won by one point at their very last event, the 4x4. Four four, they scored uh, a third-place finish, which got them six. Dijon was the anchor there. Every single moment on the track for Granada Hills and, and Dijon Stanley mattered. Uh, he was second in the 200. He won the 400, as Olivia said, uh, first in the 4x1 and third in the 4x4. Four four. So moments like that, performances like that, definitely matter and they they get remembered especially for a team that has never won before Uh, on the girls side long beach wilson won their sec just their second overall title individually uh but they've won four titles overall but two of their their most recent state titles were ties with other teams so they won their their second outright title uh on saturday which is a good accomplishment there and i think obviously team titles are or what we always watch uh as a group here uh very very much they make a difference on the track side of things now as a whole california produced 900 elite performances but if we had to choose one that finished as the signature moment for each of us for each of us what was it and why and olivia i'll start with you first i feel like we can't look any further than sadie Ingleshart's performances across the whole weekend she started out winning the 1600 meter title and lowered her U.S. number one time by three seconds to a 4.33.45. However, I think the biggest performance that we can take from this weekend that I, I was just like in, in awe of was that 800 meters where she had to face 
Mackenzie Brown of JW North. She was the fastest girl in the country in this event when she ran a 203, and she's also that defending 800 meter champion. It has been since 1975 that someone has doubled in the 800 and the 1600 meters and won both, and Sadie accomplished that over the weekend. And Sadie, just watching that 800 meter video, like she made her last final move coming down that home stretch in the last 50 meters. She was just in an all out sprint to win the title in the 207.22. So the fact that she brought home two victories, became the second girl in history. The first one to do that was Kathy Costello of Pleasant Hill back in 1975. So I think just Sadie Englehart is just one of those, you know, sophomore sensations that we've just been watching. But the fact that she accomplished that over this weekend was just remarkable. And the mile, she might have gotten the best sort of crowd atmosphere they were standing room and you could just in that photo that we just posted was her in shock after that 1600 meters so just a remarkable meet for her Ashley let's toss it over to you you know speaking of doubles and staying on that train another guy that put together a great double performance that had to be Roderick Pleasant he wins both the 100 and the 200 he was the defending champion both of those races and he clocked a meet record of 10.2 in the 100 and then clocked 2067 in the 200 so very impressive there. He goes down, you know, he's a senior. He'll be going to Oregon next year, football and a track guy. But he goes down as a three-time champion in the 200 at CIF and a two-time champion in the 100. He was the runner-up in the 100 back in 2021. So he has this long this long history of really dominating the sprints in the state. And so he gets to end it out on a high note. And, again, he'll be, you know, next fall going to Oregon. Now, I can't argue with either of your picks because I, I agree. I think individually – it's Sadie, and it was Roderick. You know, there's no questioning that. So I'm going to veer a little out of the way, and I'm going to go uh, race of the meets. And I think that, honestly, arguably, maybe, girls 200. Uh, for me, most high-level, most pulsating, most down-to-the-wire finish uh, of, of any race at CAF. When we look at it, we got the video here, so we're going to put it up on the screen. Four girls broke 24 seconds. Seven went under 2409, as you can see here. You know, a couple athletes were leading, and then all of a sudden, boom! Sophomore <laughs> comes out of nowhere to win the race. It's Culver City's uh, Joel Trepagne. Clocked a time of 23.62 with a legal, a legal win. Uh, fastest performance of her career. She ended up beating Gardena Sarah's Brazil Neal, who was out in front to start on the curve. She had that lead. Um, that's, a, that's a great final. That's a big race. Um, and she was the only underclassman in the final there as well. So I just thought that was really compelling overall. Olivia, Ashley, quickly, thoughts on the 200? Just remarkable. The fact that so many girls went under that 2409 just mark is super amazing. And, again, it just speaks to the talent that's in California right now. It's been a big year for the sprints. I think that's really kind of the indication, too. <laughs> big year for the sprints. I like that. Mm -hmm. Let's go next to our state championship segment, the favorite state moments. We're each going to break down a state that took place this weekend and go into detail on what, what were some of the biggest moments from those meets. Let's start with Ashley first in Pennsylvania. All right. There was one big moment in Pennsylvania that I really want to highlight because, guys, it was Upset City in PA this weekend. <laughs> Dale Hall. I had never heard of Dale Hall before this weekend, but he and the boys, 1600, he takes down Brian DeCola and Drew Griffith, two of the top guys, you know, all year long at the distance events in Pennsylvania. And he clocks 408.52 to beat out Griffith by less than, I believe, a tenth of a second. And, you know, looking at, you know, for people that like me who didn't know who Hall was, you know, looking at what he's done this season, his previous 1600 best going into states 
was 4.15 when she clocked at district. So he goes under 4.10 for the first time. PRs by over seven seconds. That's just, you know, you know, sometimes state championships, it really brings out the best in athletes. And there's like, you know, your one final shot to really do something big. And that's exactly what Dale Hall did here. You know, even earlier in the season, too, he was any, running anywhere from like the 420 mark to the 449 mark. So, again, to end your season with a 408 and a state title over some nationally ranked, you know, distance talents, that's really impressive to me. Yeah, adrenaline maybe come takes over. I don't know, but it, it happens often where yeah. you go from one one performance and then dramatically improve to the next one at, at a bigger and a higher stakes event. Uh, we see it every year. Um, Olivia, let's go to you in Missouri. Yes, I think the biggest storyline from the state of Missouri over the weekend was just imagine not winning a title in 60 years. But <laughs> bowling green boys were able to just add some water to that and become the 3A state champions. Um, and the Bobcats earned, so they scored points in 10 out of the 19 events and scored 74 and a half combined points. Seven boys contributed to that success as well as their, their four by 100 meter relay, which finished eighth overall. So congratulations uh, to the Bowling Green boys for winning that state title um, in nearly 60 years and Co Cody Thorne being on top of that. But individually, there were a lot of standout performances as well. We've talked to Zaya Aikens for a very long time. She's going to be going to Kentucky in the fall. She's from Raytown High School. And she added three more 5A titles to her resume. She won the 111.61, 23.43, and the 253.08 to win that sprint trifecta. Connor Burns was also having a great meet as well. He won the 1600 meters and the 3200 meters with a 413 and a 920. Also, two other individuals I want to give some love to. One of them is Sky Lee. She earned four state titles in the sprints, so the one and the two, and also the 100-meter hurdles and the 300-meter hurdles. And then also Paige Stewart clocked a 209.68 in that 800 meters. Just a fantastic race from her to win that 5A title. So lots of great performances in Missouri, but I think Bowling Green Boys just really were the storyline there from that meet. What was Connor Burns' anchor leg in one of those – it was a 32 where he ran like a sub 60 anchor or anchor split or the 1600. I think I read somewhere that he just kind of jogged it out. And then he was like, <laughs> okay, I got to win now. <laughs> I read that somewhere. Let's go to Kansas uh, where the story of, of 6A was White Houghton of Shawnee Mission East, the senior set state meet records in the 800, 1600 meters and 3200 meters with times of 151. 412 and 856 uh the latter of which was number three in kansas this year uh eli's been an incredible athlete that we've seen at some bigger meets like new balance nationals indoor i'm sure we'll see him this outdoor season beyond the missouri State or the kansas state meet so good job there but the maybe the overall epic performance was from eli gilmore uh from tenoxy i mean he was the story of the meet uh hands down uh, won four individual events in the 400, 800, 1600 meters, and 3200 meters. Became the first boy in Kansas history to win four individual events. Uh, and that is significant because there have been a lot of great athletes in Kansas. He went 48-4 in the 400, 153 in the 800, 416 in the 1600, and 933 in the 3200 meters. Seems more like a 4-8 a guy, but maybe his team asked him to go, hey, can you do it in the 16 and the 32? And he said yes. So he got those four titles, and he had a awesome moment there got a couple more we got to get to uh let's dive into a few more states ashley let's start with you going to tennessee you know that that meet happened earlier in the week so not this weekend but you know earlier in the week and there were some great highlights there 
The highlight of the meet, though, has to be Jordan Ware out of Memphis Central. I mean, he just, like, went bonkers in Tennessee. He ran 10-13 win legal for a U.S. number 2 mark and a state record in Tennessee in the 100, and he did that at the Division I 3A meet, I believe. And he would also go on to win the 200 in 2063, also win legal. And this is a huge performance of Ware because if you look at what he's done this entire season, he's been great. You know, he's gone 10-28 season best prior to this, but he – I mean, 10-13, that's like a whole nother level there from 10-28. So kudos to Ware for that win. Olivia, toss it to you. All right. I have to take it back to my home state, Maryland, and I feel like this was such a really big championship. We're going to talk about Brody Buffington, and I feel like he just had a wild state championships. It didn't start how he wanted it to. He was anchoring the 4x200-meter relay to the 1A state title, and he celebrated across the finish line and as a result his team was disqualified for unsportsmanlike conduct but he did a great job of bouncing right back and focused on his individual events and he won the sprint double in the 100 meters he set a new all-time maryland state record of 10:35 into a negative 1.3 win which is awesome and then he also won the 200 meters as well with a 2106 and that was also into a very heavy negative wind of negative 2.2 so you know, I think Brody was just the talk of the weekend as a whole. But other than that, what a great run for him in that 100. I got a new nickname for him. Okay, what is it? The Buffmeister. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Buffmeister? No? You Corey, like your nicknames are always so bad. So bad. Hey, <laughs> uh, you said that about the Colonator, and then all of a sudden it becomes the name for Brian But Nicola, I think it's because so. we asked him if he liked it, and he said that's kind of cool. Exactly. We asked him at Penn hey. Relays. We were like, do you like Decolonator? And he's like, yeah. I don't know if Brody would like, what, Buff, Buffmeister? Buffmeister, no. yeah. Maybe a little lowbrow, but, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. I do mm-hmm. I do want to follow up here on, on Buffington. Mm-hmm. Why was he the most talked about uh, of the weekend? You know, maybe more on the 4 by 2 Sort of, why did that kind of pull people again? I feel like it, because it was like, in a celebratory thing, right? Like, we, he did this also during the indoor season as well, and I think that's why it caught more eyeballs than normal because you would think, like, Brody, did you, like, maybe learn from what happened during the indoor season? But, again, he just continued to celebrate. But in my personal opinion, opinion, again, I'm not an official by any means, but he just, like, came across the finish line like an airplane, like how Shakari Richardson did the other week. And just, like, put his hand up in the sky, and it was considered unsportsmanlike conduct. So I think there was just a lot of controversy of, like, exactly why he was disqualified. Because a lot of people celebrate going across the finish line, you know. And especially in that relay, you're, you're doing it with three other guys. And so it just was, like, a huge moment for that team. So I don't know. I just have seen a lot of controversy around the whole thing over the weekend. It's very divisive. Yeah. Ashley, do you agree with that sentiment i mean celebration come on can can we get more of it or what are your thoughts he did again should he have been docked again docked yeah again? again i think it's very that's i think that's why it's gotten a lot of eyes because not only has it happened you know once it happened twice in the same sort of situation where just kind of celebrating in the moment you know like i think we have to think about this too like these are high school kids you know like they're trying to enjoy their state championships no one's ever perfect, you know, whether you agree with, you know, what happened or maybe you don't. Like, I mean, I think either way we should look at this and be like, these guys are trying to enjoy this moment at States. Like, maybe just let them have that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I view it. But, you know, overall, like, I think also, too, just seeing 
I think another reason why Brody Buffington is like kind of blown up is like just like when you if, I know we have that hundred video and we posted it on Instagram. If you look at him, he looks like a truck, like just like running yes, down. Yeah. And everyone yes. I think in the comments when we post is always like, "Who is this kid? Like, how big is he? Like, does he play football or something like yeah. that?" And so I think that also adds to the allure a little bit as well. Knowing more about the first time he got DQ'd, I think he should have gotten DQ'd there because he was looking into the crowd yes. as he was pointing upwards. So that, mm, that yeah. to me, was a little bit more merit. Here, mm-hmm. I don't think he was doing that. No, I feel like it was just him celebrating. Like, yeah. you crossing the finish line, you just anchored your team to a state title. It, you know, sometimes we get very excited, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just a reaction. Again, <laughs> you know high I mean? schoolers. High yeah. schoolers. Again, so... But it also reminds me of, like, when I was running at the state championships as well. I remember my coaches, because we were going after the 4x4 state record, and they specifically told, because I was the anchor, they were like, please, like, I know it's going to be exciting, but, like, don't go crazy when you celebrate, um, because we were going after the state record, and we did, and, of course, like, for me, it was just a punch in the air, and then that was in, I hugged my teammates. But, like, we, I've had those conversations with my coaches of just, like, just be careful of how you celebrate. But, again, with this... With this particular event, I don't know. This 4 by 2 I felt like he was just celebrating. And it wasn't like yeah. he was taunting anybody or anything. I mean, that that, is, that in itself, though, kind of is... You're like you're acquiescing to, like, people who determine your fate. Mm-hmm. So there's not there's a little bit of that that's, like, out of your control, which I think people are at odds with. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe in the future, maybe, maybe the, there's more language written in NFHS you know at a national level or or even state levels kind of rewrite bylines but i i or you know bylaws but i think something needs to happen with this because this is a, a dumb dq um new stars of the state championships around the, around the u.s uh, this week uh, who, who are they what, what are some of the big names that we're going to come to learn and now talk about um, i'm going to go to olivia first here and I'm going to keep it back in Maryland. So I want to highlight a freshman. So I was really impressed by her performances. We're going to see her for the next three years competing at River Hill. This is Marella Vermani. And at the Maryland Indoor State Championships, she actually finished eighth and seventh at the state meet in the 800 meters and the 1600 meters. But this weekend, you guys, she upgraded those to gold medals in the 4A classification. She won the 1600 meters in a new personal best of 453.71 and that was the fastest time in the state thus far this season and she also won the 800 meters in a new lifetime best of 214.24 so huge shout out to the freshman out in maryland ashley let's toss it to you all right i'm going to go back to tennessee again i want to talk about owen clemens he's the freshman out of cleveland high school he won the 3200 meter state title for division one class 3a he clocked 912 there so that's a big pr for him it ranks i believe among the top three in the country for the freshman class this season so kudos to him i know we also saw him run at running lane later this weekend i think he ran like 415 414 for a full mile so again just a freshman i think he's going to be someone we want to keep our eyes on not the sandal toe-wearing athlete. Oh, gosh. I forgot maybe, about maybe he's an upper Daniel, Daniel Skindera. Skindera. Actually, he is a freshman. He is a freshman. He did wear the shoes. He, he did. Wore, it, it was like the finger. The finger shoes. Oh, finger shoes. shoes. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Okay. We'll watch him for him, too. <laughs> My pick is Jackson Cantwell of Nixa High School in Missouri. Uh, he is just a freshman, but he is a big freshman. Uh, six foot seven, 240 pounds. I think he's close to that, at least. He threw 64 feet, 3.75 inches to claim a Missouri Class 5 record. Missouri number two because Hayden Dixon threw a little bit farther this year, but Hayden's a senior. Jackson's a freshman. Uh, Jackson 
Well, we always knew he was going to be good. He's the son of Christian Cantwell, who's an Olympic silver medalist and world champion. Mother, formerly Terry Steer, now Terry Cantwell, world indoor bronze medalist and NCAA champion. He he is bred to be a shot put thrower. And I think when I talked with Michael Corder a couple weeks back, he mentioned an athlete that he thinks might go for his his big 81-foot record. I think it's Jackson. Because Jackson, if you're at 67 right now, I'm sorry, 63, 64 right now as a freshman, you're only going upward, right? You're only getting a little bit better. You're working on your technique, and you're developing more, uh, I think, power. So Jackson Cantwell, in my eyes, I think is, is going to be that athlete. And, and the crazy thing is he's a football player. He's already getting circled by NCAA, NCAA Division One schools like Arkansas, Florida State, and Kansas. So, you know, he's getting kind of pulled to one side. You know, how will shot put be affected by that? I don't know. We'll learn in a couple of years. But right now, Jackson Cantwell is an emerging star. Let's go to our next segment, which will be a fun one. We're going to talk running lane track championships, reviewing uh, the top moments uh, or, or our most underrated moments from the meet. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, Ashley. Let's go to you. So my moment, I think it's one of the top moments, but also maybe slightly underrated because it wasn't like, you know, one of the premier, the mile or the 32, but I want to take it to the boys. Steeplechase, the 2K steeple. We saw William Horn. He won the event in a U.S. number two, 558. And, you know, me and Will Grundy out of Texas, we were on the call here. And I think we mentioned, like, on the call, like, this guy was a metronome. You know, like, he was clocking off, like, even splits the entire time. And I know you just saw there, too, he kind of had some cool shades going on, the Minecraft sunglasses. Minecraft. Yeah, I learned that later. Yes. (laughs) So he was looking cool while doing it, you know. And he comes, you know, from a very talented program, you know, Harriman out in Utah, coached by Doug Soles. So came down from altitude to put together that performance. But, you know, that also wasn't the only event that he did. He ran the 3200. The, the previous night in the championship section did very well there. And then also later, after the 2K steeple, clocked 4.15 miles. So all around, Horn was an interesting guy to watch. I like that. Olivia? I have a top moment as well. I was really impressed by Nikki Sutherland of Delta from Indiana, and I feel like she's definitely the real deal. I know Ashley had a moment to just chat with her leading up to the running lane track championships, and she essentially did two meets in one week. She had a regional qualifier then she had running lane and then this weekend she has state championships so this was a nice little tune-up to kind of you know prepare herself moving forward but she won that mile in a four four forty-five oh two, which is the nation's sixth fastest performance this season and she also finished second over this weekend in the 800 meters with a 206.99 and so i feel like those are really great marks going into your state championships looking to grab some state titles there and she looks like she's a really strong contender for those titles as well you know, second half runner, both yeah, races, for sure. even yep. in the 800 sure. second half runner. Yeah. There's definitely some good stuff there. All right. So while Ashley and I were there, we were commentating races. We were watching as the sections got a little bit faster each time. And a, a trend that emerged was that like every section just was like three seconds faster. And yeah. some of these races, it was, yeah. we, you don't see that like no. in prelims. Anytime you go to a meet, you just, the, the sections don't always get faster. So it was really cool to see that, you know, big PRs, some sea times going down hard, and the majority of them were section records. But so, if I had to pick uh, a really memorable moment, you know that that had some so, some spice to it. I think it was the boys' eight hundred for me. Keyshawn Garcia of Edinburgh, you know, he started out almost in the back of the pack through four hundred meters, like he was out of contention. Nobody thought this guy was going to be even in the mix at the end. 
you know, people were commenting, oh, you're wearing a t-shirt, your t-shirt, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the guy wearing a t-shirt. But something came over him with 300 meters to go. He had this, you know, sixth gear that he went to, and he just kept pressing and pressing and pressing until in the final straightaway, he just made that move on Ullery, and he didn't look back. Um, he dropped a 149.6, becoming just the 15th Texan in history to go to, to reach that time. First from the Rio Grande Valley, too, which is important, too. A really big moment for him. Just graduated, I believe. So Keyshawn Garcia just put down sort of a legacy-making run here at running lane. I don't know if he's done for the season or not, but I think I would love to see him run one, once or twice more to see what he can do. Really love that. Ashley, any, any thoughts on Garcia? One comment about the T-shirt. I did see he responded to some of those really? comments, and okay. he apparently forgot his singlet. So he had to run in the T-shirt. I, you know, interesting. You know how, you know how it wasn't spikes, though. You know how exactly. <laughs> Jordan used to wear his high school shorts underneath the Bulls, mm-hmm. right? It was like part of his, yeah, you know, maybe uh, he, motivation. Yeah, wear a T-shirt under your college singlet now. There you like, go. I it's, just, oh, wow. it's made. I want know? it. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Before we go into the Kentucky State Championships and the John Hay Distance Carnival in just a moment, we need to take it right back to Tracksmith, which is this podcast is presented by. Tracksmith, they're an independent running brand inspired by a deep love of the sport and after years of crafting running apparel from best-in-class materials and timeless silhouettes, they have made their first uh, foray into footwear as well. So inspired by running on soft, springy, and responsive natural surfaces, you can check out the new Elliott Runner today at tracksmith.com. And I know like we've been raving about these shoes. They're absolutely incredible, so make sure you do go check them out because they're fantastic they feel springy they feel like you're walking on a trampoline they're comfortable they're stylish i feel like they can match your running outfit and whatever you're gonna wear for the day and i know ashley has had a lot of background with running shoes so ashley would you mind just sharing a little bit more about why these shoes are just kind of separate from the rest of them that are out on the market yeah you know back in the day when i was in college i worked at a shoe store and over the summer and so i've tried on Probably too many shoes to count, and I know too many specs about way too many shoes, but when I put on the, you know, the Elite Runners on my feet, instantly I was like, wow, these are so comfortable. Like, I not only want to just wear them all day, but I want to take them out for a run. So I did take them out for a run, and they were great. You know, sometimes, you know, you can get shoes that are too clunky or something like that, but, like, these fit true to size, as you mentioned, very comfortable. When I was working in the shoe store, we'd always tell customers, you know, comfort is key. And so the shoe feels very comfortable. Oh, comfortable is definitely the word that I would use to describe this shoe. And Corey, I know you've had a chance to just like wear them around the office as well. And how is that experience for you? I mean, I, I will eventually get some runs in them. Uh, as I told you both, I'm getting slowly back into it <laughs> yes! after an injury. injury. But, but yeah, I, I will wear them. Um, they're really cool around the office. But I think we should mention, too tracksmith.com is where you can kind of go online and pick up these shoes or look at apparel at least and there's actually two big stores that uh they have in new on newberry street in boston which was their just basically og store and then they recently opened one in brooklyn too so if you're in brooklyn or the uh boston area that's that's where you can go and see them firsthand awesome and if they're not if you're not in any of those cities you can also go to tracksmith.com to make sure you grab a pair for yourself all right tracksmith Repping hard. Let's move to last couple of segments for us. The uh, Kentucky State Championships are this weekend, which are going to be pretty big. And the John Hay Distance Carnival, we'll also get into briefly here. Ashley, let's start with you. You know, looking at Kentucky, I think the biggest storyline, and she's been the biggest storyline in Kentucky for so many years, that has to be Kira O'Shea. Um, you know, like looking, she's 
arguably probably one of the best distance talents to ever come out of Kentucky. She's a UNC Chapel Hill signee. It's her senior year. She now has a chance to win yet, you know, another more state titles essentially in her final go at it. She just won the 800, the 16, and the 32 at a regional championship. So potentially trying to pull off that distance triple there. And I definitely think she can do that. Um, you know, she's one, too, that's been competing on the state stage, you know, since she was in middle school. You know, she was competing up in some instances when she was in eighth grade and then moved to high school and was still studs. So I think this will be a um, could be a big moment for O'Shea to maybe go after some big things at states. Olivia? Yeah, I'm excited to see what Kiara O'Shea does. She's just been kind of that OG in Kentucky, just out there doing her thing in the middle distance and distance events. I want to take it to a gentleman who's in the field who has also been soaring to new heights this season. I want to talk about Wyatt Stewart of Madison Central High School. He actually broke his state record of 603 last year. And this year, he's cleared the number one height in the nation with a 17.7 and three quarters of an inch in April. Just imagine soaring that high in the sky. I think that's absolutely insane. And so when you just look at his mile sport profile, you can see he's kind of been averaging that 16.8 mark there throughout the year. And I'm excited to see what he does in his final state championships before he heads off to the University of South Dakota in the fall. So keep your eyes out for Kiara O'Shea and also Wyatt Stewart. What about what about what about distance runner from Dupont Manual? Yes, I'm glad you mentioned her as well. Jessica Secor is also an individual that I'm looking forward to seeing compete. She's gonna be looking for the triple. The Tennessee commit is the fastest girl in the state with a 213 in the 800. She's also Kentucky number three in the 1600 meters. And then she's just behind Kira O'Shea in that 32 with a 10-27-60. And interesting enough, she's also um, running legs in that four by four and put potentially on that 4 by 8 as well. So she's going to have a very eventful weekend. So we're going to see some great matchups there in the distance side. One thing I want to mention about Wyatt Stewart, he's going to go down as a top 20 pole vaulter of all time. That's insane. With that 17-7. Yes. Um, and I think he has a chance to improve on that too. So mm-hmm. he's had a very, very good career in, in Kentucky, especially over the last two years. Mm-hmm. John Hay Distance Carnival, I think I want to bring it over here because it's very competitive. Me, it's a little different. Uh, from what I understand, it's it's mixed gender racing all across the board, and you you know we've seen Juliet Whitaker here yes. in years past, really putting down some two hundred ones, fast eight hundreds, and she's and the big reason why obviously she's running with boys, but um, I think it's important because some of the elite girls even this year have have done that. Uh, Mia Bray Patterson before she ran eleven flat, she ran in a mixed gender invitational mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year. I think at at Summit. Um, I believe so, or, or or maybe Bend, Bend, Oregon. So we're going to have some athletes here that that can possibly sort of elevate their performances, especially on the girls' side. And Sophia Rodriguez, I think, is is the one that I'm looking at. She's <laughs> entered in the 5K. She's coming off a middle school tr- track championship in 3200 meters, which she won. She ran 16:51 for 5K in April at the Penn Relays, which we all saw. And um, I'm thinking she could go, you know, at least break that mark but potentially go after a world age group record again. You know, it's it's tough cookies because I think that age group record is pretty fast. Is she 14 or 13? I believe she's 14. Oh, I so was going to say 13. I'm, four, not, sure. I'm four, not sure, though. 14 would be 1624.28. Uh, uh, that was back in 2004, so it's nearly 20 years that that, that record has last been broken. So um, Sophia's got definitely, you know, some time to make up, but I think just watching her race against the boys to see how she does is going to be really interesting. Hey, she might even win it. Um, so 
definitely watch out for that. Let's move to our last segment of the show. That's the Music City Track Carnival in, in Nashville, Tennessee. The all-time matchup that could happen might take place this weekend in the 100 meters. That's Mia Bra Patterson versus Adeja Hodge. This is going to be spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Olivia. Oh let's let, let's go to the spice first with you. Yes, you, when I when when this was released, like the news of this, I was like, oh my gosh, we're finally going to get the matchup that like I think we've all been kind of waiting for. So I want to say, let's do this. Let's go. This is gonna be a hot race. This is actually gonna be the first time that we have seen Mia and Adesia line up in the same race all season, especially with them just being literally on opposite sides of the country. Sometimes it's hard to find that common ground and typically Adesia goes to like New Balance and then Mia's you know consistently going to Nike so they've never actually faced each other that I can remember at the same time I think there's two things to look out for here number one I think we're a thousand percent on national high school record watch at this point I feel like Brianna Williams 1094 from 2019 is in jeopardy the second thing I want to take you know throw this out there is we have U.S. number one and U.S. number two going after it Corey, you mentioned with Adesia, um, or excuse me, with Mia, that she's already have raced against boys already this season, and Adesia's been running against collegians and also professional athletes and also, you know, some of the top athletes from Jamaica. So I feel like we're going to find that nice, even mesh between the two of these individuals. And Mia just had an incredible weekend running 11 flat at the Oregon State Championships by herself, number three all time while setting the Oregon State record. And on top of that, she doubled and won the 200 with a 22.65. We know Adesia has just been so consistent all season, ranging from 11-1 to 11-2. And I feel like both of these girls know how to handle the pressure. We've seen them both execute great races in high-intensity meets. And I feel like we're finally going to get that matchup that we've all been waiting for. So I'm just, like, beyond excited for this. Ashley, let's go to you. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about Adeja Hodge. You know, she has been, you know, since she, you know, going back to New Balance Indoor Nationals, right? Like, when she broke that 200-meter national record. Like, that was just insane. Like, mind-blowing moment. And ever since then, she has proven that she is one of the top sprinters in the country. And as Olivia mentioned, she's gone 11-11 this season. And, you know, I really think we could see something special from her. You know, she's been, as Olivia mentioned, too, like, racing against pros, racing against, you know, some of the top athletes from Jamaica as well. And so I think if the moment's, you know, going to happen, it could be this weekend at Music City. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't have a lot to add. I think, Olivia, you said it well, uh, Ashley. I just want to ask about predictions because we oh always gosh, ask predictions. I, I always need to ask who do you think is going to win and what will be the time. Olivia, yes. let's go to you first. Well, time, I think it's going to be sub-11. No, nope, no, nope, exact time. What do you got? 10.93. Okay. <laughs> All right. 1093, if I'm praying it's just win legal, like that's all that I want. If you're asking me to pick, oh gosh, like the winner of this race, it's really difficult because I just see how Adesia has just been running all season. Like she knows how to put herself out there. Same with Mia. But like Mia has been, again, running with the boys and also has just like the fact that she went 11 flat by herself. So I just think right now, because of. Mia's solid performance it is safe to say this girl is ready to execute something big I know Adesha has been training we haven't seen her since the Puma meet I believe and that was right after that was right after Penn so it's almost been a month so she's been training I feel like my pick is gonna be Mia because she's in tip-top race running form 1093 
<laughs> well, I think we have some breaking news. I think news. we have some breaking news. Like, literally, as we were doing this segment, unfortunately, Mia Brahe Penderson will not be going to Music City anymore. Wow. That is officially confirmed. So, we're doing a little I, bit of breaking I, news. Honestly, the honestly, that's, wow. we I'm have like, not, on what? this show, on this show, I don't think we've ever gotten, like, breaking news as we're filming. Like, literally, the message came in as we were talking about wow. Mia. I got so excited. Hey, not my heart that being said... Adeja Hodge can still run under oh, for 11 sure. seconds. Oh, for I think sure, yes. I think it could definitely happen. I still think we should be on national record alert. Oh, I don't yeah. think that changes. You know what? Like when either one of these girls are on the track, just be on national high school record I, at this point. I, I, I almost wonder. I don't know. I, I think I think she she runs ten ninety three. You know, I I want I want her to do it now. Yes. Now mm-hmm. the fact that like she's the only one now, just you know, make make make, make it statement. make it known, make yeah. a statement. Yeah. All right, so the 100, obviously, is going to be fast, but there there are a couple of good races at Music Track Distance Carnival, Music City Track Di- Carnival, and uh, I want to mention one more. It's the Girls' Mile. I think it's going to uh, you know, end up being a really competitive field with a lot of great impact. Katie McPhail, Al- Alana Black, Madeline Gear, Mia Proc, Reese Dalton, nine girls in this field under five minutes, and I think the girl I'm watching here is Madeline Gear, as you can see up on the screen. She's from Cambridge Christian in Florida. She won won a 1600 meter title. I think she's, you know, really coming into her own with her fitness. You know, I per- I personally know the Gear family. Uh, Madeline is the cousin of of Chrissy, and I cover Chrissy in high school. I know Brian really well, and I see them all the time at some of these big meets. So, but I can say objectively that I I Madeline Gear is is like a a great runner that that could be a star in Florida next year. And I think this is a chance for her to really kind of, you know, sell herself or kind of put herself out there in, in a big way. So I think Madeline gear um, is going to win this race and win it in a, in a big fashion. So any, any other thoughts before we leave today? No, I'm excited for that race too. It's going to be great. You mentioned a lot of big named individuals that we all know and love. So it's going to be a great race. Agreed. Awesome. Well, this has been another show of On the Line. Stay tuned for next week's version. We'll have more on high school track and field and whatever you think we'll have on track news and more. (laughs) We'll, We'll talk to you later. Thanks.